I am the daughter of Duke Gorlois, the sister of Queen Margos and Queen Elaine, the wife of King Gordians of Gore, and the mother of Sir Uwain of the Table Round. Blessed good fortune made me all of these things. By the capricious hand of ill fortune, King Arthur became my younger half-brother, spawned upon my most virtuous and blameless mother by that demon in man's raiment, Uther Pendragon. I despised Arthur from the very hour of his birth. Our history, Arthur's and mine, is recorded in copious detail elsewhere. His command to Merlin to inflict an enchanted brand upon my person as eternal punishment for my role in assisting Audiens and the other eleven kings in battle against him at the commencement of his reign. His gifting to me of a castle near Camelot and his subsequent, and failed every one, attempts to win it back through force of arms. His murdering of my beloved Sir Acalon my acquisition of Excalibur's scabbard, and my sundry, and failed all save the last, attempts to open his eyes to the treason of Lancelot and Guinevere. I had no reason to love Arthur, nor he me, and every person of every caste living on the Isle of Britain knew it. Thus it should come as no surprise to any reader of these words that I arrived after the battle on the Salisbury Plain, intending to assist my half-brother from this life with all haste, thereby to aid my nephew Sir Mordred in claiming the throne. Imagine my utter shock and despair at finding my dearest sister's son already slain, and my wretched brother so far gone of his mortal wound that nothing of my devising could have hurried his demise. T'was nigh unbearable. Being deprived of the long-cherished target for my rage, I cast about in my mind for another target, and soon had the right of it. The uncouth and irksome stranger, Hank Morgan, called by many boss. The fact that he and I share a name remains a source of shame for me. In quick succession, the boss, a title he won in his future era, so my court spies informed me, had insinuated himself into my brother's trust, became the second most powerful man in the land, and then tried with his sorcerous meddling to effect so-called improvements in our daily lives. The boss had encouraged slaves to revolt and peasants to view themselves far more highly than they ought, mocked and derided goodly servants of the church, set free dangerous criminals and fashioned weapons of the most deadly and unnatural sort. For these crimes and more besides, the boss deserved death. However, I knew the boss to be occupied in France with his wife, venturing to restore their young daughter to health. Having no desire to inflict harm upon the Lady Alice and or her child, I resolved to try a conjurement, the likes of which I had never before attempted, devastating and yet perfectly suited to my needs. Thus, with Arthur's sole companion, Sir Bedivere, questing to return Excalibur to the Lady of the Lake, 
I ordered my servants to light a fire and bring my herbs. After these preparations were accomplished to the fullest extent of my command, I began to summon the forces for the working of my enchantment. Tis not for the uninitiated to be privy to the details of this incantation, save only that its effect was terrible in its power. Yea, I confess, far more than I had envisioned. For at the apex of my invocation, the world turned white with a blinding flash. A thunder crash deafened me. It felt as if a thousand pins were piercing my flesh, followed by the sensation of all my joints and parts being pulled in every direction at once, to the point of agony. I could not hear myself scream.